0: Macedonia reaches a historic milestone, coming in at 111th in the world in corruption, a new low for the country and its government led by Prime Minister Zoran Zaev. Transparency International, which issues a yearly Corruptions Perception Index, ranked Macedonia at 111 out of 180 countries. Macedonia has never ranked lower. And while Macedonia continues to be mired in corruption from the government on down, Macedonia's ethnic Albanians took to the streets of Skopje this past week to riot, shout chants of the former so-called National Liberation Army of Ali Ahmeti, and carry flags of Greater Albania while throwing rocks at police and, of course, not wearing masks. The cause of their rioting was the 2012 Good Friday massacre of four young Macedonian boys and one adult by suspected Albanian Islamists and the trial now nearing an end. And where are the coronavirus vaccines? Zoran Zaev now says he will buy them from, wait for it, China. We'll discuss all of this and more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oral Valley, Arizona.
1: And this is fit in Shalimanov in Skopje, Macedonia, or, you know, as the protesters headed, soon to be Greater Albania.
0: Lovely, yes. Well, this is... Episode one hundred, and we are recording this on the very last day of January. Here, here, two thousand and twenty-one. We'll be dropping this tomorrow on Monday, and we have a new intro. Which, uh, if you're you're hearing our voices right now, you've already heard the the intro. Uh, so <laughs> we we hope you like that. And uh, Svetlana thanks for putting that together.
1: And we'll be giving away cars and whatnots at the end of the episode, <laughs> or, or, like Oprah <laughs> usually does. <laughs>
0: Yes, from our the, sponsors. Our, yeah, our from our from our myriad our our plethora of sponsors. Yeah, um, yeah, yes. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. We haven't we haven't put out a call for sponsorship in a while. So, uh, uh, if you are if you are hearing us, if you listen to us, if you like us, uh, we are more than happy to get sponsors so that we can create a proper website. I think that's the next thing. Now that we've done, uh, in celebration of the one hundredth episode, now that we've done a new um, intro, uh, the next thing is to get that new website up and running.
1: Mm-hmm. And we can switch the, to Rumble. Yeah, uh, yes, absolutely. A Macedonian-owned company, and uh, like it's kind of a little even disheartening. I thought it would be uh, uh, cancelled by now by YouTube for uh, uh, you know standing in the way of uh, uh, U.S. deep state projects in the Balkans or something, or spreading misinformation <laughs> about U.S. elections, like Macedonian content farmers do. Uh, But, yeah, just to be safe, we'll we'll switch to to Rumble. Uh, We'll keep the YouTube channel uh, up as well, of course, but uh, uh, I I think we'll go Rumble first for uploading the the podcast.
0: Yeah, I like it. Yeah, no, that's uh, Rumble is uh, Chris uh, Pavlovsky, I think. Uh Uh, So I've actually met him uh, in Skopje once before, and I've got some friends there in in Macedonia that, that work for him. Uh, and yes, it's, of course they were, they were threatened, I think this past week or the week before, uh, by, you know, big tech, et mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he was actually on Tucker Carlson Yep. Uh, the other week. Uh, so anyway, yes, we will, um, we will, um, um, figure out where to put this as we create the new website, et cetera. Um, of course we've been talking about that for a while,
1: uh-huh. but,
0: um, yeah, let's, let's, let's get into the, the. The issues of the week, so I think first of all is that that uh, corruption uh, report put out by mm-hmm. Transparency International, 111 out of 180 countries, and that's mm-hmm. the lowest it's ever been. And the government's response was kind of, well, to ignore it or uh, to talk about other things like the census, which we'll get into later. Uh, the embassy, the the, U- the U.S. embassy in there, I think, put out a tweet about it. And what mm-hmm. did, what did Kate say?
1: Uh, Kate originally, last year when it was one of five, one of six in the world, uh, Kate uh, had a CITL interview and she was the one insisting that, listen, well, this is just a poll. I'm paraphrasing. She said, this is a perception of corruption. Uh, Mm -hmm. So in in the sense, it's not actual corruption. This is what people feel, but doesn't have to be like uh, the real thing. So she was minimizing the impact of the the poll, uh, which actually... uh, Transparency International said it's not just a poll. We ask people uh, how often they face corruption, but we're asking businessmen. We're asking people who often deal with the government, like legal, uh, you know, notaries, lawyers, stuff like that. So we're not just asking random people if they've been asked for a bribe. We ask people who would be asked for a bribe, real estate developers, bankers and stuff. And, uh, you know, it's an informed poll and it does also look into actual cases of corruption. So it's not something to be dismissed. And uh, uh, this year, uh, after, you know, last year trying to minimize the impact, this year, Ambassador Burns said, uh, you know, they they sent out, I think, a Facebook statement, like, uh, uh, focus needs to be on this thing, you know, the government uh, needs to do more, something like that. Uh, It it was uh, no longer trying to minimize uh, the affair. Well, the government issued a press release saying, yeah, it's uh, the perception of corruption. It's not actual corruption. (laughs) Then they went on a tangent about some other research which Transparency International did in procurement for the defense ministry of transparency, you know, something completely, uh, you know, not many people get in touch with. And they said, look here, here we are improved. (laughs) We are are like... uh, two or three EU member states are worse than us, so look, we're not that bad. And then they started accusing Vimero and uh, uh, judges for slow-rolling cases, and uh, they, they claimed that the journalists are publishing more about corruption because allegedly there was not enough freedom to report on corruption in uh, under Vimero, and now people are more free to report on this. This is their other mm. explanation. Yes. The government quickly it was clutching its straws went after, but uh, after the U.S. ambassador had, the the embassy had this statement, uh, they quickly forgot all about it. Uh, And now Vumero wants to initiate a vote of no confidence in uh, that uh, Deputy Prime Minister Ryubczo one Mm -hmm. of ZAV's stupider underlings, uh, complete loyalist, uh, who is uh, in charge of fighting corruption, and uh, Maričić, who is the justice minister. Oh, yes. Because of the report.
0: Yeah, he's the one that – he, he literally – I was looking at him and reading a re, report or something about him. He, he literally looks like a hedgehog.
1: Yeah, he's really – yeah,
0: I'm, I'm oddly fascinated by the fact that he looks like a hedgehog. But yeah, yeah. aside from the fact that he looks like a hedgehog, yes, he is uh, – he's incompetent. Uh, and uh, the government, you know, as, as you said, has, has tried to ignore this and has come up with excuses. And, of course, very good at blaming the – Previous administration, which was well over three years ago, um, mm. you know, at, at least with the Biden administration blaming the Trump administration. Well, that was just a few weeks ago that the Trump administration was in mm. power, but you know, Zayev has was been never in, power. in
1: power, but okay,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, has been in power for a long time now, and his his the, the 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 actual corruption and the perception of corruption. I mean, the you know, case number one is. Uh, Katica Yaneva, and and you did a lot of reporting on that, and you know, people tend to forget that she was the chief special prosecutor, and now mm-hmm. she is in jail uh, because of the corruption that that, that she was part of, uh, and then all of the other scandals related to Boki Thirteen and Dan Donchev and Vinko Filipce, and mm-hmm. uh, you know it's just in- incredible, and and of course Zoran Zaim Zoran Zaim. Zoran Zayev himself, and all of this is just being ignored, um, but but certainly, you know, the people aren't uh, ignoring it, and they're fed up with it, and it's, it's holding back Macedonia, it's holding back individuals, uh, There's no been no um, uh, foreign investment in the country to speak of, because foreign companies are looking at that, looking at, at, at the amount of corruption there and saying, there's no reason for us to go there and do any work. Um and I'm I'm amazed, frankly, that the the companies that uh, that Gorevsky brought in under his watch mm.
1: are They're still are still here. Are still there?
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, <laughs> just kind of it's kind of incredible when you think about it. Um, well, we'll see. I know that um, you know, and I guess we have to. We're we're contractually obligated to talk about Bulgaria, uh, <laughs> although that's that's kind of on ice right now. But even so, uh, the the whole issue of corruption. And I know a number of EU ambassadors have mentioned this. I think the Dutch one as well, Dutch mm. ambassador, uh, that you know the corruption is going to hold back Macedonia from, even if Bulgaria said tomorrow, yeah, yeah. we you know we're going to drop all our all our arguments. The corruption thing is still going to be uh, an issue that uh, other EU countries will look at and point at and say you're not ready.
1: Yeah, the Dutch are Eurosceptic in principle, and. Uh, uh... They have really good reason here to uh, raise the issue, although, you know, obviously, once one country is blocking you, the others say, "Okay, we don't all want to pile on on this poor country, especially in the case of Macedonia after all we did to them. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he he was asked in an interview, he said, listen, this is becoming an issue and uh, you need to focus on this and... uh, You know, it's ridiculous. I mean, the level of corruption under Zaif is really through the roof. Just uh, uh, we are talking about a guy who is opening up marijuana plants and then trying to give himself a favorable regulatory environment to continue to develop this business, Mm. while a shopping mall he built through his buddies just burned down in his hometown, for which he was, for the construction of which he was charged and pardoned. By the president did not, was not found not guilty, uh, was pardoned, which is an admission of guilt. Uh, even then it was, uh, you know, he was asked, so you're practically admitting guilt and he as much as said so. And he's now ordering government uh, institutions to donate to the reconstruction of the shopping mall owned by by himself directly, mm-hmm. but through a nominal owner who is his underling instruments. I mean, it's really, it's really ridiculous. I mean, uh, it's really true. And it's and just that they're, that
0: they're,
1: yeah. Yeah, Nikolovsky had a tweet, like, uh, trying to, f- to shift focus on uh, Vemera. He said, look, there is, like, uh, 3,000 cases that uh, went, like, uh, statute of limitations, you know, the courts were not acting on them quick enough. Uh, and... It's all the fault of Wimmera, uh, he said in the past three years, and which you know SDSM was in charge of, and he said this is the fault of Wimmera, and he got so ratioed on Twitter it was not even funny. It was a complete pile on. Like, shut up already. Enough with Wimmera. Let's let's see what you can do for for a change.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, again, you know they've been in power now for three going on four years, and oh. um. Yeah, and of course, the I, I know that I think Womroos wants to hold a no-confidence vote and a couple of the ministers, uh, but you know, as long as Ali Ahmedi and his his band of criminals sticks with uh, Zoran Zayev and his band of criminals, it's going to be hard to dislodge any of these ministers, let alone bring the government down. Um, mm. But we'll see. So, speaking of Ali Ahmedi, um, <laughs> I think it was last day, we're, again, we're recording this on Speaking Sunday, of bands of outlaws. About, yeah uh so his his uh band of outlaws uh I, and i don't know if they were all from the dewey's party or some of the other parties but anyway um uh, a group of ethnic albanians uh, rioted in in Skopje this uh-huh. past week uh this is again the, to go back to, to what i mentioned in the opening monologue the 2012 good friday massacre four young Macedonian boys and an adult were murdered I mm. suspected uh, Albanian Islamists. Uh, and then Zoran Zaev, a few years into his premiership, said that he had other evidence that the ones that were charged were not mm. the correct ones or something. He did it in order to curry favor and votes from the ethnic Albanians, of course. Uh, he
1: was saying this before he became prime minister, okay. during the College Revolution, which right. was practically one huge propaganda campaign against Vemer accusing of killing a child here, a uh, young girl there by denying her treatment, killing a journalist, a beloved conservative journalist, no less, uh, who died in a car crash, um, of orchestrating the Kumbanova attack. This was repeated by the likes of The Economist. Uh, and uh, so practically this was by far the worst lie and manipulation from Zav because it involved families of children aged, like 17 to 21, I think, uh, Mm -hmm. who were killed in cold blood near Skopje on the eve of Good Friday, obviously, apparently, attempted to to start a war between Macedonians and Albanians in 2012. Uh, And uh, Zaf was saying, I have recordings. The recordings are so bad. I can't even show them to you. You know, I'm showing you everything else. But I can't hold a press conference and put this out there. I can't put this on YouTube. Uh, it's so bad it's going to start a war in the country. I'm afraid for the interethnic relations if this gets into the public. But he was, you know, literally implying that Wimera somehow killed these kids, as he was implying for everything else that Wimera, mm. uh killed people, and which was completely bogus. The cases were debunked one after another. And uh, then journalists close to Zav came up with a story that one of the boys was dating the daughter of then-parliament speaker from Vymara, Trajko and that somehow Trajko, who is a mild-mannered and principled person, mm-hmm. uh, somehow ordered the boys to be killed in this way, mm-hmm. machine gunned to death. One of the worst Islamist attacks uh, in Europe, essentially, and uh, uh, certainly in Macedonia. But, you know, this is all Albanians needed to hear, because they, what they hear is, okay, we're gonna have, uh, we are uh, victims here, this Albanians love hearing this, and repeating this to anybody who would listen, uh, our boys have been framed by Vimora. And uh, let's, you, you know, what Zayev gained out of this was that he cont- it contributed, it helped to him to, to close doors for Vimora to form a post-election coalition with Albanian parties. Because after Zaev said this, uh, Albanians came out with the Tirana platform, all the major parties, one plank of which was to have a retrial for the Kumanov attack and uh, the Good Friday massacre, you know, obviously insisting that the cases were rigged against the Albanians. Uh, Vimura could not accept this because, you know, it's ludicrous. Mm -hmm. And Zayev, who was winking and nodding that he has... And, you know, openly saying that he has tapes and winking and nodding that he... uh, There is some uh, alternative truth about this incident. You know, he was the direct beneficiary of this because you know, Albanian parties said now with Zafir, among other things, among other things we get from him, other concessions, he's going to reopen these cases and he's going to have somebody like Trajkova made the, the fall guy in this case. And this was in 2017, Zaf formed the government with the Albanians as planned. The case was given to Kati Yaneva's office to an <laughs> Albanian prosecutor, Fatima Fetai. Yeah. And she, and uh, because it's a retrial, uh, the court agreed, and the prosecutor. I don't think the prosecutor even asked for detention. So the same people were charged. The same group of three Albanian killers and three more accomplices were charged. Two of the killers fled to Kosovo. One is in Skopje still. Uh, so it, I'm not sure if the prosecutor even asked for detention in any way. Uh, the the one killer and the three accomplices who were in prison in Skopje were released. So they were released to defend themselves from freedom, like uh, uh, that's how we use the term. I, I'm, I'm not coming up with the English term, uh, judicial term for this in the US, but they, they, they were pre- like free people, like uh, he just had to show up for trial every uh, once every few weeks. Mm. And the case was dragged out for years. The parents were desperately asking Zav to give them the tapes to tell the truth. He kept stalling them and refusing. And eventually, early 2020, Zayf goes to the court as a witness. Uh, and he says, OK, actually, listen, I don't really have anything. No, there is nothing in the tapes, uh, nothing, I can, uh, nothing that sheds a new light to the case. And the prosecutor says, OK, I'm continuing to prosecute these people, uh, the Islamists, for you know, demanding life in prison, which is the worst sentence. Uh, you can get here. And now the, the crowd is obviously, Alba- as the as the trial draws near, mm-hmm. the crowd is in the streets. Albanians are in the streets. They're shouting at Zaev, give us the tapes, tell us the truth. You, you told us there is something in here. And they're shouting at the Albanian prosecutor, you're a Serbian whore for wow. charging our people with, uh, you know, literally threatening to kill her. Mm. I- imagine like this person who was shielded by the entire international community and, uh, all the NGOs and the in Macedonia, when Vimora didn't threaten her. Vimera, uh the president of the country appointed by Vimora, just issued pardons to the people who, this prosecutor, Fetai, and, you know as part of Katiceyanova's uh, special prosecutor's office, was obviously politically charging everybody from Vimora, and the president just gave them pardons. And this was cause for outrage, and everybody insisted you need to protect the special prosecutor, to protect the institution, everything needs to be investigated to the fullest extent. And now, um, one of the three most visible people in this office is being called a Serbian whore in the streets and threatened with her life. And uh, you know, nobody bats an eye. That's that's normal.
0: Yeah, it, 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 it's a, it's incredible. That was a great recap too. Uh, thank you. Uh, and it's it's incredible, and yet it's not surprising that as you just said nobody bats an eye nobody nobody is, mm. especially the internationals which are quick to to jump on everything else uh, especially mm. if it's uh, perceived as, as being the fault of vodo uh, are not saying a bloody thing about this uh and mm. when is the trial how, how much longer is it going on when's it going to end
1: uh it resumes uh, i think on the 3rd of february i'm not sure if that will be the final the sentencing date but it's close i think yeah. we're talking weeks now
0: mm. incredible uh, so the fact that they're not wearing masks, of course, is the least of anybody's worries on the this, but, yeah. but, uh, but it is, you know, it's typical uh, two different laws applied to two different peoples, whereas you had priests arrested in Tetovo over Christmas yeah. and the Vevchini carnival cracked down on and, and uh, on Vodica, there was no um, uh, throwing of the cross uh, mm. into, the, into the waters, um, all of that. Can't you know when it when it applies to the Christian community? There's one standard, and when it applies to the Muslim community, there's a different standard. But we've been seeing this in the world for decades now, uh, especially in the West, Um, and I guess uh, that will continue until people get fed up with it and and uh, and do something about it.
1: Yeah, this was very prominent. I mean, everybody was uh, also commenting on this. uh, we had the uh, handball to Stoyanov, he, right. he posted this as a comment. He said, listen, we have two sets of laws in this country. Uh, people get arrested on one hand and on the other, they can pelt the police with stones and uh, uh, threaten them, threaten prosecutors, etc. and uh, uh, nobody cares. I mean, this is, uh, yeah, it's a complete, uh, complete disaster. <laughs> even before the census, uh, which is going to add even more, Ethnic uh, fuel to the flame. Uh, yeah, well, this is really... yeah,
0: speaking of disasters, since this is mm. becoming the disaster episode, <laughs> episode 100 of the yeah. Macedonian Content Farmers podcast, the disaster episode. Um, so, but before we get into the census, let's talk about another disaster, and that's the rollout of the coronavirus vaccines. Um, I found, I think it's the John Hopkins Johns Hopkins website that has been mm-hmm. tracking coronavirus the well, world i found at least it's got the for the united states uh, where the various states are west virginia believe it or not is leading the country yeah. in vaccinating people and i they're, they're citizens because i, I think that um, uh, they they didn't buy into the federal program or, or something what have you uh, arizona here i think we've got about a hundred thousand out of seven million that have gotten both doses. And I think yeah. uh, a half a million, 500,000 have gotten at least one dose, so uh, it, it's... Uh, West
1: Virginia is quickly coming, becoming the better of the uh, two Virginias, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Israel's doing quite well on, an, on the global scale. Uh, of course, uh, George Soros is now calling for what is called the people's vaccine. So uh, every country should be able to get the vaccine uh it should be free there should be no patents you know the usual liberal far left crap uh the the eu uh, the uk is is vaccinating its citizens and the eu is mad at the uk for not sharing the vaccine with them uh, yeah that's beautiful and that that all exploded this this weekend and uh and uh made the eu look like the um the incompetence that they are um Mm. And it and and of course it of course it bolstered. I was listening to Nigel Farage quite a bit over the weekend, uh, bolstering the the uh, the case for Brexit, which of course is has already happened. But um, and then the, and then they went back on some part of the Brexit deal. The EU did, and I, I got lost in that. But anyway, um, <laughs> the the whole rollout of the vaccines. It seems like we, we've got plenty of vaccines, uh, and the companies or countries are producing them, and yet. They just can't seem to get them into the arms of, of of people, the jabs, as it's being called now. So how many people in Macedonia have gotten their first jab?
1: Uh, there's like two or three of them who actually are <laughs> Serbian citizens and traveled to Serbia and <laughs> got the vaccine because there is zero vaccination going on in Macedonia. Wow. Well, Serbia is flooded with vaccines from Russia, China, and uh, and even Pfizer's. And uh, so, yeah, you can uh, if you have a dual citizenship, you can go there. I assume somebody has done it as well in Bulgaria, but uh, haven't come publicly with this. A uh, few doctors who have Serbian citizenship or work there, they came out and said, listen, we, we did it. Uh, we assume that the leadership of the state has been vaccinated uh, quietly, you know, secretly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, because they're meeting, you know, they're carrying on with their activities. Uh, and ha- we haven't had a, an outbreak in like a few, maybe a month among uh, top political leaders. So we Mm -hmm. assume they they used uh, their contacts, but they haven't been able to procure a single dose for vaccination in the country. Even the private clinics still haven't offered. Wow. Which were, you know, at the forefront of much of the corona fighting. Still haven't offered uh, anything here. Bulgaria initially promised some vaccines as a donation then didn't. deliver because apparently they also got much uh, reduced number of vaccines. Serbia then promised, okay, listen, uh, they, they like to play the, this power play which was sure. also a feature of last week. Uh, we may get to that later between Serbia and Bulgaria, over who loves Macedonia more? And- <laughs>
0: <laughs> we love you to death. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so the Serbs promised uh, the good vaccines, I think, but then said, listen, just haven't... Uh, Uh, Approve them for use in your country, like stupid legal issues. You demand uh, uh, that they are imported through some uh, company in Macedonia, probably linked to the companies. uh, Because our healthcare minister, he's he's actually a huge healthcare businessman. Uh, uh, He has links to all the importers of drugs and uh, he's building this huge residential complex in a pricey part of Skopje. Which he's not doing with out of his salary, so uh, he insisted that we need to make the import through a company and not directly through Pfizer, and the Serbian office of Pfizer, which was uh, appointed for to contact him, they insisted that uh, they themselves make the import, that they are the that they are the ones who signed the contract with the ministry. So these are issues which we put obstacles on the on the road uh, to getting vaccines. It's especially... Uh, so it's a huge failure on the part of the government. It's especially funny because before the referendum on the name change, uh, this minister, Philip he had billboards across Skopje advising people to vote yes for the name change, because once we join the EU, we will get the best possible vaccines, the most... The best quality vaccines in Europe. Hmm. Which raised the obvious issue: Wait, uh, aren't aren't we getting the best vac- available possible vaccines now? <laughs> uh, and uh, so this was a big promise of the referendum. The referendum obviously failed, but was implemented regardless. But now the promised benefit of the name change, is being denied us, you know, spectacularly right. with a spectacular failure of the government. And Shakirinska was the, <laughs> she was famous for a few uh, for a few days with this. Exceptionally stupid statement. Uh, she said, Well, listen, as part of NATO, as part of now we are such an important country, she said, We could have had the vaccine early, like among the first countries in the world, but then you all would have been suspicious that something is up, that we are experimenting <laughs> on you. So that's why we didn't uh, insist on having the vaccine like in December or, Jan- or early January or something. So, uh, and uh, so. Now you complain that there is no vaccine, but we're actually... So it it was an exception. She was trying to defend herself, uh, and she did the worst possible job because it was literally taken as a statement of anti-vaccination, like, you know, raising doubts in the safety of the vaccines because she said, you would be, you all would have been suspicious. And everybody was mocking her, you know, after Nikolovsky's statement about the judges. uh, Hers was the most mocked tweet of the of this week and uh, yeah, they they really screwed the pooch on this one.
0: <laughs> I haven't heard that statement in a long, that, that phrase in a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, <clears throat> so... I'm, I'm quaint like that. Yes. So I guess we just wait and the Macedonians just wait. Uh, and uh, anyway... Uh, good
1: thing the numbers are going down actually. True, I mean, we have, yeah. Uh, a good re- reduction in the number of active cases. The deaths are still high probably as the lingering effect of the old, yeah. you know, you, of the old hospitalizations. Some of the uh, uh, wards which were quickly opened there have closed or have reduced number of occupants. So it's, you know, it's not the wor- this worst period in September, October, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, uh,
0: Yeah, well, you you allowed a little bit of good news to creep into an otherwise uh, disastrous uh, 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 series of uh, of, uh, discussions here. Um, Mm. Well, okay, let's go back on to the disastrous stuff, the census. So the census is scheduled for April. Uh, The government, I think, passed a law on it. Stevo, Kandorovsky, the president, signed it. Uh, But Vumro is now challenging that. They want to collect signatures to... uh, to to do a, a different type of census, uh, whereas the one that the government wants to do is in person and count people that have already left the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, Von Rowe is proposing that it be digital, using all the assets that you have at hand, and which, I, from what I understand, can be done. Plus, there's this whole issue of Eurostat. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that, that there's a number of guidelines that Eurostat suggests that the government has ignored. Is that correct?
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean... You, you don't count immigrants, you count residents. Right. Uh, but because uh, Albanians have a high immigration rate, uh, they insist that they are over 20% of the population or actually over 25%. 20% is outlined in the constitution as the limit where they get greater political, you know, preferential voting rights in yep. parliament. Uh, the vote of an Albanian member of parliament is worth more than the vote of a Macedonian member of parliament That's because there is money, a dual yeah. majority vote yeah and on top of this you know we have this uh, uncleared electoral list uh, voters roll <laughs> uh, which if if we actually co- actually put the people who are em- immigrants and have no intention of coming back on a separate list as we did once uh, you know it's we have it makes for safer elections because uh, in the Albanian parts of the country it's customary to just stuff the ballots of the immigrants uh, but if you put them on a separate watch list it's a bit harder to do you know. Uh, so this is why Albanians don't want uh, a proper census of actual residents they fear they'll be below 20 percent and they fear they will lose uh, both ton of uh, their voters who are actually live in Germany, Switzerland. Some of them come to vote most of them don't so they just have their Ballot stuffed uh, in the boxes anyway. Uh, And European norms require you just count actual residents. Do not make duplicate censuses uh, with the same person counted in Switzerland and in Macedonia or in Germany and in Macedonia. But our government, which is dependent on the Albanian voters, it says, no, we have to do it this way. We have to give it to them. Uh, They have their rights. They have earned, they have gained rights under the Constitution with this under these percentages and we can't risk turmoil if we, we, they're found to be 18-15% and not 25.
0: Hmm. Uh, o- although uh, as some Albanians in some circles say they're actually 125% of the population so uh,
1: yeah at least <laughs> at least at
0: least 125% so uh, I mean,
1: to be fair they have a higher birth rate but they also have a much higher emigration rate true. so these things cancel out in a way.
0: Right, oh, and and you know, I, I think we've talked about this. I know I've written about it in the past. That one of the things that that I would like to see is you know, greater de- degree of education of ethnic Albanians in Macedonia, so that they don't have as many children. Um, I'd like to and I'd like to see the birth rate yeah. fall. Uh,
1: I mean, um, they have a huge problem with female emancipation. I mean, it's often a joke about Macedonian feminists who go on a tangent about some microaggression issue. Uh, currently we have this, uh, situation where some guys were posting, uh, on a Telegram page, they would take pictures from Instagram and then as it's, a small country, but, you know, pictures who, you know, which girls freely put on their Instagram, bikini shots, stuff like that. Oh yes. But if it's a small country, they would also put their number and, you know, for fun time call this girl, again, you know, horrible, despicable, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. Uh, but, you know, Macedonians are by and large emancipated to uh, a much higher degree than Albanians. The issues which the Albanian or, you know, not, not, even, not to mention the Roma community, which women face in these communities are, you know, these are macro-aggressions which they face, you know, being locked in their homes, uh, arranged marriages, while, while they're still teens, uh, high, much, much higher uh, high school dropout rate. Uh, I mean, it's incomparable Uh, you know, much higher labor participation rates, Uh, even protest participation rates. I was actually in Harten at one moment when there was this uh, lady on this ugly Albanian nationalist protest showing up maps of Greater Albania and explaining to us this was Albanian, blah, blah, blah. But at least she was a woman in the street protesting because normally, you know, just (laughs) going through pictures of Albanian uh, tea shops or protests or political party meetings, you never see a woman there. Oh, yeah, uh, They have a few token, you know, one token mayor and two token mayors, actually, and that's it. So, yeah, it's a huge, huge issue, but you know, maybe for a different podcast.
0: Yeah, I think I think we should do that. And, in, of in course, that's currently scheduled for sometime in April uh, for the census yeah, to happen. Yeah, the, the census, yeah. Uh, and, and we'll see, I guess. Uh, but... You know svetin we've talked about a lot of negative things happening in macedonia here during this podcast but i think we should all be very grateful for the fact that the uh, elites of the world that have just uh, convened uh in various ways uh in davos at the world economic forum or mm-hmm. th- through um, virtually etc um they've all
1: and they're no longer inviting zaf
0: oh Hello. dear <laughs> Thank goodness um that is a disaster uh but, but they, they recently convened, and you know, despite all of these problems, of course, they have a solution. And, and that is uh-huh. uh, the Great Reset, is what they're calling it. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, first of all, climate change is an existential threat. It will kill all of us in, uh, well, let's see, the twelve years, three years ago they said it was 12 years, so we got nine years left. Uh, uh-huh. I suppose if you talk to Charles, the future, maybe never king of Britain, uh, it's even less than that, mm-hmm. or Greta Thunberg, perhaps even less than that. Uh, but because climate change is the one issue that we must all unite upon uh, mm-hmm. and fight uh, clearly as a global alliance as a gl- as one people as a global government this is this is the the major challenge facing the world today so all of these things we've just talked about really pale in comparison to uh, the, the climate change disaster that is upon us and the great reset that needs to be focused on which is basically a um, a marriage of, of, of big tech and big government uh, and, of course, all of the elites in media and culture, etc., and sports coming together to uh, tell the little people what it is that they need to do and how they need to reorder their lives. Uh, so I guess we have that to be thankful for. Uh, uh, all of it led, of course, by uh, uh, the Chinese uh, uh, Premier Xi Jinping, uh, who was the star of Davos this year, uh, telling us that, quote, the world will never be the same as it was, unquote. Thank you, dear leader, uh, for uh, <laughs> for, uh, for for your words of great, great wisdom. Um,
1: anyway, yeah, I don't know which which side to pick here. I mean, if, <laughs> or if or if there is even two sides between China and the uh, the liberal you know, quotation marks uh, uh, elites of the West. I really yeah. <laughs> pick your poison, I guess. At yeah. this point,
0: well, you know, again, I was just there a few weeks ago, and and you know, gave you my that theory. Was? No, no, it was in Macedonia. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to Davos. Um, you know, I was in Macedonia a few weeks ago talking, you know, my theory that, uh, that the 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 liberal, uh, big L, liberal left elites of the West yeah. um, are making too much money off of China to want it to be the bad guy. And uh, Russia, mm-hmm. where they can't make any money off of, that's why they're always pointing at Russia to draw attention away from, you know, the, the glaring problems uh with China and their relationship with China. Um, but anyway, that's, that's a story for another day. Um,
1: yeah, I want to be on board of, with some of these things, maybe. I mean, I would, uh, obviously, you know, Putin has been there for too long. Uh, obviously, there is something going on with the Muslims in China, uh, you know. Uh, but after my experience now with uh, the colored revolution, after we've seen story after story lifted in The Economist and the Financial Times and the... Uh, U.S. Embassy and the British Embassy here. How horrible we are on the Macedonian right! Only to have them debunked. You know, we, we knew them knew they were false, but uh, to have them debunked. Uh, you know, like with the Prime Minister going to court and saying, "Oh yeah, actually, about this case of the murder of four boys. You know, I which I said I have evidence about. I don't have any evidence about this. And you know, it just makes me completely distrustful of anything that happens. Uh, anything." they say uh, about uh, China or Russia. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I know the truth is somewhere in between, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I am uh, have really changed over the past years. Uh, uh, whereas I would have been much more open to accept uh, Western uh, talking points. And uh, even if they were fake, you know, kind of you know that in the end it might, it will probably work out for the better uh, if this country had some kind of change. Uh, more openness, more you know, economic development, etc. But now, you know, I I think that on one hand, you know, it's completely duplicitous and and false what they're doing, their approach, and I don't trust it. You know, one percent, and then you know, seeing what many Western countries are doing to their own peoples, to their own cities, uh, yeah, I, I no longer think it's a good bet to to be on their side and. Uh, I don't and and don't trust they know what they're doing, to themselves or
0: to others. I I completely agree so. with you, and I think uh, I think a lot of people in the West, certainly here in the United States, you, you know, the failing trust in institutions at just about any level, and institutions is as Yevol Levin, the, the Washington D.C. based scholar mm. and writer and author, says. You know, institutions are you know starting with the family, you know, all, all the way all the way up uh, uh, to include. Um, you know, the mediate institutions that are between us and government, of course. Uh, trust in all of these things is eroding. Mm. Uh, and that's uh, not good for, for any one of our countries. But I hear you. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Um, and, uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe in
1: 20 years it will be like, why couldn't you even tweet once for, you know, there was genocide in China over the Muslims. And the least you could do is tweet something. But then, you know, I'm asked to retweet a financial Times story. And I, I know how they liked. I mean, right. I have first-hand experience that they lie. Oh yeah, no. You know, maybe they're completely in the, on the right in this one, and maybe you know, God forbid, forgive me, I'm doing a horrible mistake. But not, you know, my minor ability to raise an issue, you know, to divert public attention in some direction. I'm not using even that. But and you know, it's this is why you you don't go full retired when you when you do a colored revolution. I mean, they they really went full retired.
0: Yeah, indeed. Well, I think we have a farmer's pick, and that would be a good way to end this uh, rather, uh, to, to use a John Padoret's phrase, crushing morosity podcast. Uh, mm. uh, <laughs> a good way to, to 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 lift the spirits. And and you found this. Um, you had just made me aware of it just before we uh, got online here to record. Uh, why don't you tell us about your farmer's pick, then?
1: Yeah, there is this uh, uh, Japanese guy who quickly became. Uh, the star of Macedonian Twitter. <laughs> when he, he's apparently a uh, very good uh, educated singer and uh, uh, he uh, started doing covers of Macedonian songs. Oh, wow. Uh, and, uh, you know, some very, very good, uh, uh, like Mile Pop Yordanov and, uh, and uh, he announced that he, the, the next on his list is Koga na Pirina the song about the death of Yana Sandansky on Mount Pirin, which, you know, I am just joking <laughs> today, we'll have a, a deepening of the dispute with uh, Bulgaria and a new twist on this now. Uh, the Japanese people are getting involved in this. <laughs> but uh, but the, the stuff he recorded so far really really sounds great. Uh, Makenoushka Deva, obviously the classic. Oh, yes. Uh, the guy's name is Kazuhiro Kotetsu. I hope I'm not mangle, mangling this too much. <laughs> And the, the best thing he did was, you know, the, the way he, be, he became popular. He wrote on Twitter, uh, Macedonian followers, anybody, please, de- uh, uh, dear Macedonian friends, what means Svatyata? I assume it means bride, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he was trying to do some song which uses the word svatja, which is like uh, when you have uh, people invited to your uh, wedding and it's a, it's a female wedding guest, right? Essentially, but we have this. Famously complicated uh, list of relatives like your uh, brother's wife's sister like there is a word for that like mm-hmm. Baldaski, Shurnay kids. Uh, Nobody knows them. You have to Google it every time you use it and this guy says what does this swacha mean? <laughs> you know, people love it, you know Explaining to him in replies. It's complicated, but please bear with me <laughs> So yes, yeah, it's, it's really endearing to have uh, you know, while well, we are banned from, uh, you know, even mentioning our cultural heritage here, unless we step on some toes of our neighbors in our own country, people across the globe literally are uh, freely, you know, singing Macedonian songs and, uh, you know, ex- we're exporting our heritage that is, <laughs> to Japan.
0: Yeah, and that, that is fantastic. And, and I think it speaks to the fact that Macedonia has a lot of friends around the world, despite,
1: you know, mm-hmm.
0: everything that is going on there and all of the... When it seems like the world is pressing down on you, uh, just remember that that Macedonia has many friends within the world and around the world. So, well, that's great. We'll uh, we'll put some in the show notes there. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a full wrap. Um,
1: yeah, we covered all the ways in which Nordonia is feeling <laughs> the attempt at at having a country's Yeah. Well, going south.
0: We will. Yes, as the north goes south. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we will uh, again. This is episode one hundred. It'll we're gonna drop this tomorrow on February first, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll see what the coming week, coming month brings for Macedonia.
1: All right, everybody, uh, take care, and uh, till next time.
0: Sounds good. Take care, son. <laughs>